So, uh, just a quick little thing before we get started. Um, our friends over at Gridiron Extra, who we've, you know, stolen Max away from um, in this in this climate, have started their own podcast, you know. We're part of their own network, and they decided that we weren't good enough. So they've started their own one, and it's called Franchise 33, where Ben, James, Mark, and Taib, all from Gridiron Extra, are all making their own team. I've not listened to the episode yet, but go and check it out. It is available on Spotify and uh, Apple as well. Probably elsewhere. I haven't checked it, but you can also listen to the rest of our backlog if you don't like what they're putting out, because we've got about 900 (laughs) episodes at this point. And honestly, are we a better listen? Who can decide? The the UK NFL culture is a very small pond, so I don't think we can really afford to to be chumming it up with these other fishes. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if we're part of the exact same network, then we can definitely team up until you know we catch up to the yeah. likes of you oh, know, like Vernon Kale, like yeah. we're in the uh, like we're in like the peloton, yeah, of, of the tour de podcast. Oh, this is this is a shit show already. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone horribly wrong. Would you like to, guys? Would you like to can this and just try that again, Tom? What the franchise? (laughs) No, I think that's fine. You get what you're given. That's how I do things. You get one take, and if it goes wrong, then that's it. Yeah, eat your slop, pigs. (laughs) But again. We are in association with them, so go and check them out whenever whenever you like. I'm sure that it's very insightful, and I will be listening to it after this episode is done. Hello, and welcome to Stiff Up a Lip, the NFL podcast by Brits, with me, Ed Wilkins. Me, Emma Hebron. Me, Sam Wong. Me, Tom Chappell. Excellent. Lovely. Alright, so, okay. there is news. Max, as the resident Packer fan, um, most of the news that I've got relates to you, so I'm going to need you to sort of make very biting comments that will get us a lot of listenership that we can clickbait the fuck out of. So. Oh. Make hay with the hot takes. If yeah, you haven't, been... if you have been living under a rock and you haven't seen anything about this, Aaron Rodgers is reportedly set to leave the Green Bay Packers or is at least very disgruntled. Um, it was heavily rumoured that the 49ers were interested until they took Trey Lance. Um, and also Denver have apparently been linked, as have the Raiders at one point. But no official moves have been made. Uh, but there's also the possibility that he may just retire if he doesn't get his way. Which, for last season's like MVP, it's a bit it's a bit dramatic, isn't it, Max? It is and and to prepare for this moment, I've been studying. I've been crushing uh, like Skip Bayless tape. Oh, um, just getting ready to to crank out some just brutal hot takes and my first bone to pick in what can only be described as a full skeleton of disdain and uh, and 
distrust. <laughs> My first bone to pick is with, with Adam Schefter. <laughs> because... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, he said there was no like inciting incident that caused him to drop all of that news on like the day of the draft. Which basically totally swamped everyone's draft, threw a bunch of teams into chaos, which you kind of have to respect. And he was like, I just felt like it. I mean, he's not a draft analyst, so maybe he was feeling a bit left out at the time. <laughs> and I also wanted to bring up the fact that he brought up the fact that he got engaged and that the Jeopardy thing, <laughs> like, Rogers was sitting there and he was like, you know what, I'm, I'm pissed off. And he's like, well, I, I kind of view football as a hobby he's a family man now is our Aaron and he's got a, he's got a steady he's got a good shot a steady job hosting Jeopardy so you can't really blame him but I think the main takeaway is like there's the rumor is that he wants the GM Brian Gutekunst to be fired for many reasons probably mostly because of the Jordan Love pick last year and I just think like I I don't know I, I I think I think he'll struggle if he's trying to win a war of public opinion against yeah. Gutekunst, who has obviously it wouldn't be as good a team without Rogers, of course not. But he's built up a pretty decent team around him. I mean, they went to the NFC Championship game last year, and you know some people <clears throat> uh, connected on some nice passes to Devontae Adams in the end zone. Maybe they win it. Um, and I just think, I think he's he, he's a contentious man, is Aaron Rodgers. And if it wasn't Gutekunst, it it would be someone else, wouldn't it? It would be the floor. It would be well. There's not an owner, but I it's think it's hard it, to win a PR battle when you are a petulant child in a man's body. Yeah, uh, the level to which he will like drive his career, Brian Gutekunst's career like, this franchise into the ground because they put in, like, a young QB behind him is truly astonishing. What really rankles with me is that the exact same thing happened to him and he's doing the exact same thing that Brett Favre did. Like, did he not... It... <laughs> I mean, was he sitting there from, like, 2005 to 2008 just, like... You know what? Brett is handling this exactly the way that I would want to handle this if I was in his situation. <laughs> I'm going to be the bell of the ball one day. I mean... Well, I think that this is the thing. It's that, you know, you've sort of made the comment about how Aaron Rodgers is a petulant child in a man's body. And I think that Brett Favre is an, oh, equ an equally uh, abhorrent human being when it comes to just how he <laughs> handles everything. So... I don't know if I would He's... describe Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre as equally abhorrent. Well, <laughs> no, but like the way yeah, that they that handled this particular situation, but we haven't seen the extra 13 or 14 years after Aaron Rodgers has retired where he goes off of a cliff and starts bankrupt in Mississippi. So... And sending on some stick pics. Oh. And worse than all of that, joining the Vikings. Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sending unsolicited dick pics and then truly throwing out any dignity that he held by joining the Minnesota exactly. Vikings. Exactly. You were like, well, you know, he's clearly not, you can't afford his actions. But then he joins the Vikings and you're like, there's something clinically wrong with this man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
too many years in like the same division as like John Randall. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, he goes for like a an MRI, and they're like, the, "This this space where his self respect should be, it's 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 gone, Doctor." <laughs> Have your fun. I'm saying there's nothing. a huge there's a huge swelling in the area where uh, <clears throat> where his. Uh, desire to speak up on every little thing that happens is <laughs> honestly I call him the Tony Blair of Green Bay football because anytime anything happens, <laughs> he's bloody he's got something to say about it and you will hear about it and it's just oh god and and I think I think I think having an all out war between your quarterback and your GM is sort of a is sort of a sign of top-down organizational failure it's almost but, like um, they could do with an owner to like oh yeah they could sit them down and crack their heads together an owner, yeah an owner who would move them out in like 1.1 seconds so they could actually start making some money off the team <laughs> well i don't I, I like the i like the fun controlled model on mo- in most situations i think the green bay have it relatively nice but in a situation where there is a civil war going. It would help to have a higher power. Yeah, especially Fine. when the coach is stuck in the mm. middle with mom and dad fighting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to take. He's going to be talking about this in therapy for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. He really doesn't want to take sides because he's got one of them is probably going to be there next year, but the other one probably isn't. So, well, yeah, this this can't last forever. No, and I think if I'm the Packers. It's so tempting to say, like, who cares, like, what the cap complication is? Just don't trade him. He can retire if he wants to. Yeah. There's no reason to trade his rights. Do you know what I mean? Like, why bother? If you trade the MVP, you whoever has the if he goes to Denver, Denver become one of the AFC favorites. If he goes to the 49ers, the 49ers probably become the NFC favorite. You can't go above all else. Don't trade him. (laughs) Can they, they, yeah. uh, what about if he goes to the Raiders? Do they become yeah, AFC favourites? I, I, or... I wish them all the best. <laughs> or, or is it the Brett Favre going to the Jets situation? I, I want to know what Jeopardy can offer in a uh, trade capacity. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he can live a little bit close to his like... Hollywood girlfriend. No, I'm not. I do. <laughs> oh, no, that's, I do the, have to, that's the problem. He's got stars in his eyes. I do have to yeah. say, like, I am, I am starting to like tire of people saying about how, like, somehow Shailene Woodley's involved in Aaron Rodgers being a dickhead. You mean Yoko Woodley? <laughs> oh my god. Maybe, maybe he's ter- maybe she's turned him on to the the kind of thespian lifestyle, Shailene and he wants to move to LA to man. to get well, on like a. He was on The Office. He was on um, Key and Peele at hey, least once. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He got a taste for it. He's going to be in like the next six Avatar movies. Oh, you're right, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Batista complex. Batista was perfectly fine and respected. He leaves wrestling to go be an actor, comes back, and everyone hates him. Aaron Rodgers is just that man. Exactly. He's going to spend two years in Hollywood basically trying to become the next The Rock um, but with less of a personality 
<laughs> that's his pitch to like execs like have you ever looked at the rock and, and thought, thought there's damn, just too much had, going on here. i wish he had a bit of more hair <laughs> yeah less muscles more hair and just a real sour lemon all right yeah, give, just a bit give, curmudgeonly. give me an over under then what's the over under for in like five ten years Aaron Rodgers appearances no I'm gonna say he's the understudy in Joe Flacco's off-Broadway production of the career of Joe Theismann oh oh, wasn't it Johnny Unitas it is Johnny Unitas yeah so he'd play Joe Namath (laughs) that'd be sweet actually I'd love to see that Look at those sideburns. He looks like a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Not Johnny Unitas. There's a haircut you could set your watch to. I would love, as much as I would love to see that, and I really, really would. um... He's going to have to put in some serious, like, time in as, like, tree number two (laughs) before he can take it to the big one. He can't just waltz in. Oh, no. It's a it's an egalitarian profession, and that's one thing you can you can take to the bank. Oh, Hollywood, yeah, no, no connections are going to get you anywhere. I wonder I whether mean... or not uh, he doesn't get the part initially, but he's sort of left until like the twelfth understudy, and he's just sat in a green room yet again, and he's just like, "How have I done this again? Two career choices, <laughs> and I've been left at the twelfth. <laughs> On the eighth Avatar movie, they're like, "We've actually brought in a younger actor." <laughs> Oh, once James Cameron fired. (laughs) (laughs) It should be me in that submarine. (laughs) You know what? They're up to Avatar movie 25 now, and not once have they ever brought in a first round supporting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hollywood is at the the bottom of my draft ranking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, I think that we move on, but Max, give us one closing statement, because you only really insulted Schefter, and then we all just pounced onto Rogers. so one... Aaron, one... if you're willing to re-sign an extension, I'll forgive you for everything. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, there, so... was, there were other bits of news that came out before we move on to, on to full draft recaps. Um, Jason McCourty has gone to the Dolphins... Uh, leaving the Patriots. The Dolphins then cut Bobby McCain. So, you know, an exchange of safeties. I like the move, but it doesn't really matter, really. Um, Frank Ragnow. That's, that's has... also, funnily enough, the name for a group of safeties all huddled together. What, a Bobby McCain? An exchange of safeties. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Frank Ragnow uh, signs a new deal through to 2026 to become the highest paid centre in the league. Um, they can put him on the front of the season tickets. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what, Jared Goff is going to have all the time in the world to underthrow no one. <laughs> um, was Ragnow pro bowler? He's a he, good centre. Yeah, yeah, he's a very good centre. Yeah. I think he deserves the payday. But oh yeah, definitely. The Lions also sort of need four more O linemen. They've got, I mean, they've got a very decent O lineman very recently. Mm. True, you're right. Um, they did wave Kerry on Johnson in a move that surprises absolutely nobody. And then uh, finally, 
Alejandro Villanueva signed for the Ravens and, quote, says that he wants to play the Steelers twice a year, which is, you know... I don't In know theory, that's... he probably will. Yeah, I don't know whether or not I've seen an <laughs> offensive tackle leave a pass-blocking scheme that he's comfortable in, go to a run-blocking scheme that he can't do, and say that he wants to face the best edge rusher in the entire league. But, you know... You're fooling no one. He loves the it. Bitter- yeah. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> the bitterness. The <laughs> We do also have a a little snippet as well from from 49ers owner or GM, Jed York. Owner. Owner. Um who says that he's fine with keeping Trey Lance on the bench for the rest of the Jimmy G deal if needed, because San Francisco hates fun. So why I don't I just don't get it. The, Who gains anything from that? Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo earns. Yeah, he's gonna money. demand a. This man he's is a two-time. He's a two-time Mister Caviar Fingers. He's going nowhere. Yeah. And Shanahan will mm. love it. But that's that's pretty much it for the for the news. I don't know whether or not I've missed anything. I did sort of skim Them's read everything news. for five minutes before starting. So. Hooray. Way to betray the process, man. <laughs> I, I'm I'm the one that pulls back this this curtain more than anyone at yeah. this point. Yeah, Tom parts the kimono more readily than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we talk draft? Let's talk draft. Oh, we could actually put a music spike in there. We could. Ooh, wait. Sam, you get I to pick some... the music spike. Uh, but that means I have to find a music spike. Boys don't cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. Shall I very, very quickly run through a gauntlet of my predictions for the 2021 NFL season? Oh, I I think save that for the end. You know, keep the keep Actually, the yeah. listeners entertained right to yeah. the very last minute. I was that can be. I was gonna head off pre the draft stuff on account of my bad throat, so maybe we can do it now. Ah, of course. Okay. Okay. Um, I won't make them like they won't go from most to least likely or in any particular order, but I have two predictions. I have two predictions involving Daniel Jones. Is one that he's good and one that he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are two wolves in your head. They're both Daniel Jones. <laughs> um, firstly, I think that Daniel Jones will fumble a total of. What did I say? Daniel Jones will have a total of more than 10 fumbles more than 10 yes. fumbles yes this coming season fumbles lost also, or just like fumbles recovered and lost combined i was thinking that and i think i might make it kind of fumbles lost hang the onions and say fumbles oh. lost yeah i i've been thinking about this a lot and i don't want it to happen but um, I want to really kind of set myself in good stead in the the analytical community. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, he is the he is the most sort of fumble happy player since he joined the league. So, yeah. so I'm I'm selling him down. Do you think it? he's gonna get the chance to get to ten lost fumbles before Mikey G comes in to replace him? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm totally on board with this. I think he yeah. will fumble ten times. I'll give yeah. you five point eight Kuiper. Yeah, that's a. I think that that's quite a low Kuiper one for me. I yeah, like the boldness, but it's about a three because the dude fumbles all the time. The reason that the Giants will stick with him through this fumble madness is because I predict in the regular season he will be the passing yards leader for the NFC East. Oh, I thought you were really going to hang some onions. <laughs> so, you, so, so you think that Daniel Jones will have more passing yards than... I mean, Dak Prescott and is going to definitely yes. give him a run for his money, but like Jalen Hurts and Ryan Fitzpatrick's like yes. going to play been... like at most 12 games because they bench him in like week 12 because they want to play like Taylor Heineke. There's no one... Yeah, I, a thousand Kuypers. <laughs> there is no chance that this happens. What beats that? I I think it's I think it's more likely than you think because uh, I think well I think we can discount the the football team because I think Fitzpatrick and Heineke might end up splitting the difference in terms of like game time. I that think it... will be an issue. I think, yeah, Dak was absolutely going... Well, how many yards per game was he averaging before he broke his leg? Well, he was on pace to set something like 6,800 yards before (laughs) he got here. Probably not sustainable. No. Exactly. Yeah, but it's not not sustainable, but, like, it's still better than what Danny's going to do. And also, Daniel Jones seems to also pick up occasional niggly injuries. Like, Daniel Jones has missed, like, two or three games a year since entering the league i don't i don't think yeah that... thousands and thousands of kuipers it will never happen yeah I, I... I also also secondary to this prediction can i just show some faith in daniel jones i think it could happen because i think about baker mayfield remember baker came into the league and his first season he, he flashed like he wasn't yeah fantastic his second season was a huge drop off and then his third season, I wouldn't have put him as like a top eight quarterback, probably. He did, you know, especially after uh, Beckham got hurt, he was slinging that thing. And I think the Giants have some thang slanging receivers I th- I on the think outside. That's, I think that's a good comparison to make, but the amount of protection that Baker Mayfield has or had is. You know, a lot greater. <laughs> yeah, is greater and also a lot richer in talent than the kind of giant though line will stamp for. Yeah, I mean, you sort of talk about like Baker Mayfield last year, and despite having like Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, the best O line in the entire league, there was two fantastic running backs in that team, and Baker Mayfield was still like below average right up until like week 12 where he then finally pulled his head out of his ass and it's like I don't believe that Daniel Jones has anywhere near the amount of weapons 
or protection. And if Saquon Barkley goes down, running backs that can make anywhere near the sort of impact that can take the load off of his shoulders like Baker Mayfield had. And I also just think as well, like, the Browns played to Mayfield's strengths by taking the ball out of his hands as much as they possibly could. Whereas the Giants seem to want that ball in Daniel Jones's hands as much as they possibly can get it. I, d- I just, I don't, I don't see it. I really don't see it. I use little faith, but like I said, the that prediction is helped by my third prediction, which is that I aim, I want to say, said eight initially. By game 10, Scott will once again have a sock full of bones. Well, you think that Dak Prescott's leg's going to turn to mush for a second year in a row? Same leg. I mean, I was about to say there's a lot of moving parts in this, but that's a horrible thought in itself. I I like Dak Prescott. Yeah, I don't... What? What? This is. I'm gonna give it a ten. I'm gonna give it a ten. Clippers out of out of faith. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is an ecosystem of prediction. No one can survive without any other. It it feels as though this is a very giant centric. Yeah, you've not really looked around the league here. You've looked (laughs) at the (laughs) NFC East, Dak Prescott's leg, and Daniel Jones. Well, that's because I made one prediction, and I was like, "Hey, wouldn't it be great if he like led for passing yards in the NFC?" So I was like, mm, "Might be some issues here." <laughs> what dominoes do I have to artificially knock down in <laughs> yeah. order to make this a reality? I've, I've constructed uh, a kind of giant-centric house of cards where they're all made up of Daniel Joe. The Giants will. All, the... I also predict that the Giants will trade for. Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr. again, Chris Godwin, and like <laughs> Jarvis Landry. Eli, bring back Eli. <laughs> right, I'll give that one like seven Kuipers. I want to give it like eight point two. I, I just, I don't think that, even if Dak gets hurt, I think that it's so unlikely to have like a, a very horrible injury to the is, same leg. To the same leg. Like, that alone is the unlikely bit. He might okay, get hurt I'm, at some point, but I don't think that he's going to end up with... I'll clarify the bones in a sock. Old dusty socks. There will be, whether major or minor, some kind of fracture. Might right. Be a chip. Might be a, a full-blown, his ankles, you know, the other side of Texas. Okay. Can we move on? <laughs> the the Pittsburgh Steelers will Samson. go. Samson's not happy already. Sam, Samson's not happy. I think there's, there's a dog outside that's barking. The Pittsburgh Steelers will go 0-6 against their divisional rival. That's never happening. <laughs> I think that you sort of... If there's, if there's ever a season... The Steelers could go one and sixteen, and their one win would be against the Bengals. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. But then again, if, if Big Ben does get caught, yeah. But this team you... also went eight and eight with Mason Rudolph back there. You're right. If Big Ben does get cut, there's absolutely no chance of this will happen. Yeah, 
I think, the, I, I think that legitimately, like, it would... I mean, Duck Hodges alone <laughs> won three games against divisional rivals. I don't... Where? I mean, they were. The Browns and... Any more of, like, whoever these absolute chumps the Steelers roll out a running back, you know, like Stephen Ridley. <laughs> if I have to watch any more of those guys, if I have to be forced into adding, adding any more of them into my fantasy team as an emergency, <laughs> I am going to lose my mind. I don't want it to happen. Right. Yeah, sure. I got so angry it induced a coughing fit. <laughs> I think I'm going to give it like a nine and a half because like even the worst teams very rarely go 0-6 against divisional rivals. Like, the Jags last year still managed to sneak a win against the Colts. Colts. And it was like, it's so hard to be that bad and also that unlucky that you don't win a single divisional game. I and think I I'll just, take you up on it, Sam. I just don't, like, I just I can't see it. Not just from any team. Happen. I want it to happen because I want to see Tom's descend into madness. Well, that's the thing. I think this year is going to be the complete implosion of the Steelers. Like People have been saying this the, about the same amount of time as the Tom Brady implosion happened. They've been saying it for the same amount of time that they've been saying that Aaron Rodgers is pissed off at the Packers. <laughs> but the only problem is, is that the Aaron Rodgers being pissed off with the Packers is true. That has been well, going on for about 10 years. It's honestly easier to go 6 though in the division than it is to go 0-6. And that's why I still stand by my prediction that the Packers will go 6 though in the division. <laughs> even with Jordan Love, <laughs> I think it will be fine. Go on, let's, uh, let's move on. I want to hear your fifth one. Oh, I only had four. Oh, right, okay. In which case. Make it a Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Kirk Cousins prediction off the top of your head. Let's do Sam's um, greatest hits. Helen Mond will give Kirk Cousins a swirly by the end of the 2021 <laughs> season. Is it is it a fair assessment to say that all of the Vikings quarterbacks are the sort of people that you'd stuff into lockers? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Kyle Slaughter was a stand-up guy. <laughs> and he will be backing up Jordan Love in Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> the off-season MVP himself, Kyle Slower. Who somehow still managed to be third on the depth chart behind Sean Mannion. Sean Bunyan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nice. Um, How have we spent so long on Rogers' chat and the worst predictions you ever? Well, because we had like a smidge of news. We've still got a lot of draft a talk. Smackerel of news. Shall we? Shall we get into it? And Max, if you if you wish to bid out, thank you for thank you for popping by. Yeah, my damage is done. I'll speak to you, gentlemen, later. No worries, my guy. Enjoy the draft oh. breakdown, everyone. Yes, it will In... be a breakdown. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, see you. Yeah, see you later, dude. Every day. One man must sit on the floor in some pillows next to a clothing rail in a spare room while his colleagues sit on a comfy bed with appropriate seating for just £200 
In total, we can get this man a chair and a table so that he can podcast in comfort and not need to stretch his groin every week. Please, please pledge as much as you can or as much as you really want to to this poverty-stricken boy and help him afford a table and chair. Please go to http colon forward slash forward slash www.stiffupperlippod.com forward slash the cleft chinchilla appeal appeal. Thank you and please donate what you can to this unfortunate boy. Thank you. This has been a message brought to you by the Cleft Chinchilla Appeal Appeal Foundation. If you would like to know more, please visit our website. Thank you. And so, we come on to it. The draft is over. We can finally stop talking about whether or not the Seahawks are going to make some mad trade to get a first round guy. Whether or not, like, the Browns are going to trade everything out of the first round and just move it into, like, five years in the in the future. We can forget all speculation. It is nailed on what has happened. And we've got some thoughts. Um... So we, we've put together a little five-tier list, you know, because tier lists on the internet are, like, popping off right now for some reason. Um, and we have rated all 32 NFL franchises on how well they drafted in this past draft from a scale of piss-poor, mediocre, solid, class, and then finally shit-hot, which is the, the piece de la resistance <laughs> the pistol are resistance <laughs> I feel like every time that I say anything that's got even the slightest bit of culture behind it you're just like yeah that fucking dickhead from Yorkshire says it like this doesn't he sometimes <laughs> yeah for that fuck yes <laughs> <laughs> so I think we start we start at the sort of um, the dumpster tier and work our way up who did you yeah. who did you guys have rated in those lowest tiers the you should be ashamed of yourself level so the the four teams that i had in piss poor were arizona green bay houston and oakland Ooh, just just one of the four matched with me really was yes. yours houston yes okay who was your piss poor Houston, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Saints. Okay. I, I, yeah. yeah. Sam? I had uh, Raiders, Cardinals, Texans, and who else did I put? I said the Rams. Yeah, I, uh, I think that. The Green Bay and Houston ones are sort of no-brainers. I think that Oakland's reaches throughout are also pretty much no-brainers. Uh, is like a bit of a no-brainer for me. I know that you're probably going to talk about some guy that they picked up in the seventh round, Ed, that has like third-round potential. But if he was there in the seventh round, there's got to be something up with him. <laughs> well, I mean, the guy I'm going to talk about for the Ra- Raiders is Trayvon Murray. Like... Or Myrig, however you want to pronounce his name. Like, yep. if he'd have gone seventeenth, then Leatherwood would have gone in the second round. I don't think anyone would have no. even batted an eyelid at this draft. It would be considered a good draft. I think that they reached enormously on Leatherwood. 
but I, I actually think the quality of players entering their team is pretty high. I just, I think that my issue with the Raiders is just that they always seem to have one, one glaring issue that doesn't seem to get properly addressed. And it's also important to sort of, I'm going to book it in because I wanted to try and keep it draft specific, but the Raiders, I couldn't just do that. They lost so much of their own line to then reach for another guy. It just felt like if you were planning on taking this guy in like the third round, then you maybe would have been able to do that if you'd not had this glaring need to take an entire O-line's worth of pieces again. Because I, I like Alex Leatherwood. I think that he's a very good player, and he would go well in that Raiders team. But to you take him in it. the first round, it's like... Yeah. it's it's They wouldn't have had to do it if they hadn't just got rid of their entire O-line at one point. Mm-hmm. So that's my sort of issue with it. The timing of a of the picks was just it was really questionable i didn't i didn't like it at all i i hear that but there are there are a couple of teams for me that flatly refuse to improve through the draft right and that is especially the seahawks i'm i'm sorry to our friend ben the seahawks seem to have no interest in improving the team through the draft they picked Mm. three players this year three yeah and it's not a team that is without fault or holes. That's I. I think in retrospect, I might shift Seattle down. Yeah, I I had them in mediocre, but yeah, you might have sort of swung the... me into it. I'm straight. Uh, I have <laughs> their first pick. Um, Dwayne Eskridge. Yeah. When you've, I I just don't really understand prioritizing you know wide receiver especially given that russell wilson throughout this entire offseason has been screaming out for maybe a bit more o-line help and they still yeah. go like yeah fuck it we need the third wide receiver why not we've got metcalf we've got lockett let's add a, let's add the third guy shall we we called him on the phone and he sounded a bit like Doug Baldwin, so we got him in. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, and then have do you reckon that there are there are Rams fans being born that have never experienced the first round pick? <laughs> the last first round pick was Jared Goff. Which was twenty fifteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have one now until twenty twenty three. Yeah. Some people that will have been born in 20, uh, 2015 <laughs> won't see one until their eighth birthday, and even then they'll probably trade it away. The yeah. Rams famously do not give a flying fuck in the draft. But It's, it's yeah. difficult to argue on their like recent success, but you feel like that is a house of cards still. Yeah, I, I just don't understand like how the cap situation works, because obviously one of the big pluses to going through the draft is that everyone's on a cheap contract basically like your rookie deal is probably the cheapest that a team will have to pay for you for your entire career Mm -hmm. unless like you happen to be like a kicker or punter or something but it's like there isn't any reason why the rams can't go out and pick up a linebacker for example in the first round and not have to pay him an absurd amount of money 
so that then it's, they can spend it on all the rest of the players that they've got to spend an absurd amount of money on instead. It's because it doesn't fit their, you know, we're the we're the caviar franchise of of California. It doesn't fit there. You know, we are going to get ourselves in the headlines and make the biggest splash mm. every year in free agency. Like, there, there's a reason for doing that because it's a team that is trying to develop a fan base at the expense of trying to develop a team, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I maybe that is the sort of case. And to be fair, I always get the impression that the Rams are the Hollywood team. I mean... Well, the Chargers aren't, are they? Well, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> the Chargers are sort of like the underground like punk scene that I'm sort of getting. They're sort of never really going to take off, but like LA has maybe a couple up-and-comers and then they fuck off elsewhere and pretend that they're from somewhere else. They're from LA originally. But yeah, no, think... the Rams are like pure, straight up Angelina Jolie franchise right here. So maybe we'll see Aaron uh, Rodgers there. Contemporary actress, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I never said that they were contemporary. I just said that they had to be famous. That's that's all the Rams <laughs> give a shit about. We we can't we can't move on without briefly discussing the Texans. We can't. Um Four the, quarterbacks the... now on the roster and, and taking Davis Mills as your first pick <laughs> in this draft doesn't sit well with me. The only team that is consensus shit show. Yeah. They like, they are entering this from the worst like, position who... in the league. I know they have Watson and Tyrod. Who's the other? Uh, they have... Um, Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley. Former Bengal. Uh. It's not a, it's not a squad that fills me with confidence anywhere. They've they have just been a bargain bin team this off season and just picked up players on the minimum contracts, basically just to have a team. I think is the honest thing. Like tear it down to the studs and try again, but they didn't even have the capital to start a full rebuild this year. Well, I mean, to that end, like the. Like most glaring spaces for me were kind of some help with pass rush and like maybe a cornerback, but they they neglected both of those in favor of getting fucking Davis Mills and like some tight end that nobody's heard of. Yeah, I mean Davis Mills is a good quarterback and he he could very well be the starter in a couple of years in Houston, but there are holes everywhere, on every level, at every point of that team. Well, yeah. Just carry on. Okay. Um, shall we move up into the second tier? Sam, who did you have in your mediocre? Hang on. Okay. Mediocre. I'm, I'm actually writing these down because I was worried that I'd say one in two categories. Alright, shall we... Tom first, then. Who's in your mediocre tab? So I, I have the Rams in mediocre. I also have the Saints, the Giants, and the Titans post-Weaver news. So those those were those were my sort of mediocre teams. And then I did have Seattle, but now obviously bumped them bumped them down <laughs> based off of your persuasions. Um Ed. I've got the Raiders, the Packers, the Cardinals. Titans, 
the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Bengals. Okay. I think that we've been we've been pretty similar in terms of like where we rate teams. We're never too far away, but we're we're sort of like I've just been a little bit more optimistic about everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I think that every there's a there's a weird twenty twenty one bubble where everyone is optimistic about everyone's draft except the te- Texans, right? Yeah. I think that every team, I, this is like, to say that it's the mediocre tier, I still don't think that anyone did a bad job, except no. like the Seahawks didn't have the opportunity to do anything better. The uh, Texans were just shit, but mm-hmm. everyone else has a reason to at least be slightly hopeful. Everyone's addressed needs, but... Yeah, maybe if this yeah. Titans draft had happened three years ago, they'd be in like a higher tier. But it happened in a year where everyone drafted well. So yeah, I had in mediocre Cowboys, Saints, Panthers, Packers, and Bengals. So we've both. Have you? Where did you put the Bengals, Tom? Because I think they're a, they're a franchise worth having a discussion about. I put them in solid. I think that they didn't do anything sort of too outrageous, and I don't think that they did anything too sort of amazing. They they obviously got Jamar Chase, but I think that the obvious choice for me personally would have been Panay Sewell because their O-line yeah. is leaky as all hell. Um, but even then, like getting getting someone that Joe Burrow used to play with has an immediate connection with him. It's not the worst thing in the world, even if wide receiver wasn't a position of need for them. Um, and there's no there's no doubt that Jamar Chase is one of the blue chip players in this draft. There's a reason yeah. why he was taken so high. So I don't I don't hate the pick. I think it's a solid draft overall from them. Um, was it the Bengals that ended up getting uh, Liam Eikenberg as well? No, that was the Dolphins. Uh, it was the Dolphins, sorry, yeah. I I could never remember exactly who out of the sort of later round O line well, later second day O lineman got taken, but uh yeah, I think it was a solid overall draft from the Bengals, but you two say mediocre. Yeah I think the the chase pick might end up being a bad one when we look back at it. But I also think some of their later picks, they didn't quite get the value that other teams did. Mm. But I mediocrity is not a bad thing. As as much as it's a tier two, they they didn't do badly at all. No. Um I would like to discuss just briefly the Eagles if I can. Yeah. This is a team that spent its third no fourth um, top two first or second round picks on a pass catcher in the past four years. Yep. Sam obviously is very gloomy that the Giants missed out on Devontae Smith. I mean, we made the best of a bad situation, I think. Yeah, you, you... rat fucked by our divisional rivals. <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> they, they've really struggled to draft well. And I think this class contains a lot of question marks, like not actively bad players, but just players that don't represent 
surefire things. And I think Devontae Smith is the perfect example of that. Like, what is he, 150 pounds soaking wet? Like, <laughs> I don't know, more like 165, but it's, it's, he's very light. Um, which, to be fair, I, I don't, I don't think that it's a bad idea to take Devontae Smith. Um, the team, may have drafted a hell of a lot of pass catchers recently, but how many of them have actually been any good? And I think that getting at least a Heisman winner, he's at least shown that he has some talent going on there. I get yeah, I, I if if there's still a deficiency then you still need to invest at the position. I'm not saying they made the wrong decision necessarily. I just it's points more to historic failures. Yeah, it's you sort of have to look back into history for the Eagles to see why this draft maybe maybe had gone sort of poorly. Um, I don't know whether or not we really need to touch much upon many of the other sort of consensus mediocre teams, but I do just want to because did we actually mention the Weaver news? I don't think that we did. We didn't know. So the reason as to why the the Titans are mediocre for me, Ed, you seem to know more about the 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 goings on, um, is that their fourth round pick, Rashad Weaver, out of Pittsburgh, um, has well, he's he's pulled a uh, what's he what was his name from the first round last year, Isaiah Wilson? Yeah, yeah, he's he's pulled one of them, yeah. Give us the lowdown, Ed. But he's um, four days into his NFL career after being drafted. He was arrested for assaulting a woman. Good job, Rashad. <laughs> is the team is is the Tennessee Titans franchise cursed when it comes Perhaps to draftable so. players? I mean, the, the question is: Can you be bastard of the week when you've not even effectively been a player for a week? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I reckon so. Mid-week I reckon bastard. you can. Midweek bastard. Midweek like bastard. That. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So the the Titans they just seem to be snake bit in terms of drafting. What what is there more to say? Agreed. I will say that their first round pick Caleb Farley represents an enormous risk considering his health, mm-hmm. and it's it's important that they restocked at corner so i'm not upset with the actual pick but if you know if the gamble doesn't work then it just represents the latest in a series of titans shooting for potential rather than sort of seeing the pitfalls yeah i think that tennessee has sort of been in a bit of precarious situation for their entire run as a franchise they've sort of always been like maybe one or two pieces away from being remotely interested in like they've only just finally started to put all the jigsaw pieces together and then it's just like your 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 draft players now uh all big risks on a personal level and whether or not they even show up to OTAs like <laughs> that's it's not going to help them in any way shape or form because you know you kind of want your players to actually be able to play for you and if they're either on the shelf or, you know, in prison, then it it does not help. It does not help. <laughs> right then, Tom, give us your give us your tier three teams, the teams that did what is it, solid solid draft work. So 
my solid teams were Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Buffalo, Dallas, Denver, Kansas City, the Jets, and Tampa Bay. Lots of lots and lots of shared DNA for me. I've got the Broncos, the Steelers, the Buccaneers, the Bills, the football team, the Chiefs, the Colts, the Panthers, the Patriots, and the Giants. Mm. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've we've started to actually get our our first podcast teams coming out of of this. So we'll obviously talk about the I mean... two that have come up. But Sam, who's who's in your solid? I have. Colts, Eagles, Titans, Chiefs, and the Washington football team. I'm I'm struggling to know where all the teams are in yours. I reckon we're gonna get like <laughs> eight or ten teams at the end that have done shit hot. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I I had them. I had solid quite stacked, and then kind of looking at them, I moved quite a few to good because I think there were a lot of. Like, there were a lot of teams where they didn't really draft that badly at all. They addressed like pretty pressing needs and yeah, they're so... just the, just the teams that are the ones who identified a position of need and took that player. You know, the Patriots, yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah, identify a position of need, take the best player available, move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think the Steelers have taken an awful lot of heat in the the draft community. For picking Najee Harris and then Pat Fryermuth, when a lot of people would argue there's more pressing needs on the O line, I think that the players themselves are great, and we've had this conversation a lot. Where like, I think the players themselves are actually worthy of the picks they've been taken. So if the Steelers didn't have quite such big needs on the O line, I think they'd have had a good draft. But as it didn't is, they, didn't they pick two O linemen? Was it third and fourth? Uh, there was. Uh, oh, what's he? Um, there was a D end in the and fourth round, which was as I allowed a milk. But yeah, there was Kendrick a Green? yeah Kendrick Green, center out of Illinois. Yeah. Um, I've got to admit I've not been crushing the Illinois tape. Yeah, I've I've I'm sort of I've had to rely on what other people have written up about Javon. Uh, yeah, about Green really, just to see yeah. what we're sort of getting. Um, he seems like an athletic guy. I I think that the team has sort of taken a step to go sort of run block heavy. Um, getting an athletic guy that can sort of move out to the second level from center is a good idea. Um, obviously you know Dotson will probably play a lot of snaps now in, at left guard. Um, he is an athletic guy with a high motor. Uh, Zach Banner and Chuck Rumor Okorafor both have high motors, a little bit suspect pass blockers, but I think that the overstatement of the O-line need, I think, has been, as you say, sort of the overarching thing for a lot of talking heads, which, when there's a lot more other positions of need, you sort of have to take the best guy, because... When it came to running backs, we were going into the season with Benny Snell as our as our number one and Jalen Samuels as our number two, which would be thirty second for alarm. Thirty second <laughs> in the entire league uh for actual who is starting at running back, bar none. 
Um, so drafting Najee Harris, who is a lead back, he was a lead back for Alabama and has a lot of athletic qualities. Um, I don't think that there should be any real complaints about that. Um, Pat Fryermuth as a as a tight end too, you know, one of the big issues that the team had at the end of last season was how consistent the hands were and you know Pat Fryermuth does have consistent decent pass catching ability and it's like they've addressed the needs that weren't O line but they seem the to be is sort that of... O line still remains a need even after the draft. It, potentially, potentially, I think they are, they are still wanting to ride with Zach Banner as as one of their two starting tackles, and they clearly like to core for. Unfortunately, Banner we didn't get to see very much of because he got hit on you know Adam Gase's cursed MetLife Field in the in the year of the ACL, so we didn't get to see much of his film. But when he was uh, in the 2019 Rudolph led offense. Uh, he was a very consistent run blocker and and I don't think that it's a bad idea to at least kick the tyres on him a little bit. Um, I love that expression. I I love the idea on kick the tyres on, on, like, especially on a like an O-lineman, like a 360-pound <laughs> O-lineman. I love it. But yeah, I just... It it's sort of become like the trendy thing from what, from what it is of like the Steelers need the O-line and that is it. And it's like, well... We also need a tight end, linebacker cover, cornerback cover, running back one. We, all of them have been addressed. We got a center as well, so yeah, I I don't I don't think that there's any issue. And also, I think that Quincy Ro- Roche 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 yeah Roche, Roche is phenomenal value to get him in the sixth because he I've been watching tape on him a little bit and he reminds me. A little bit of you know how Alex Highsmith was picked in the fifth round last year, and he phenomenal athletic guy, great pass rush moves. Maybe a he little is... bit on the underside, but like in a three four defense where you're in edge rusher, he'll be the speed guy, and he's going to sit he behind vastly. And... Yeah, he is vastly vastly better than Isaiah Loudmilk, who went two rounds before. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that what what I've seen so far is that um, they liked as I allowed a milk because they reminded him of Cam Hayward coming out. Obviously nowhere near the level of talent that Cam Hayward came in with, but the same level of motor, um, the same level of sort of wanting to finish the player every time. And I think that they quite liked him for that. So they took him when he was available and I think that he was always on the board for them, but maybe they did reach on it. So potential that some guys could have gone later, but would they have still been there later on? With you know Mike Mayock picking guys that should have been third rounders <laughs> in the second and stuff, it's you never know. I think Mike Mayock picks guys who should have been first rounders in the second, <laughs> but we digress. Um, is there any more teams we want to discuss in this middle tier? I know we've not touched on the Giants much yet, and I had them in this middle tier. I I actually had them in mediocre, so yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, good. I really liked the Giants' ability to rinse the Bears of a first-round pick, but absolutely yeah. everything around who they drafted and when they took them just sort of... It didn't really sit well. Like, they still drafted well, but it wasn't anywhere near the the upper yeah, tier. Like, yeah, yeah. 
There were better wide receivers than Kadarius Tony, for me. There were better needs that were that were in in need of being addressed, like maybe an edge rusher. Well, I mean, saying that, I think getting Aziz Ojolari in the second round. I don't think you can argue. Like, I think they were very lucky that he fell that far, and you know that it managed to fall like that. You know, whether you like the Tony pick or not, that they managed to get you know an edge rusher like Ajilari for that you know second round pick. I I don't think you can really bash them that much in terms of you know picking up an edge rusher. The the best thing they did was get that 2022 Bears first rounder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, after Eagles traded up, I mean, Lions were obviously going for Bonta, and I guess it was just kind of a scramble to look at who else they liked kind of further down. But yeah, I think... That's the thing for me, that I, I just thought there were so many better players on the board than Tony. Like, Quitty Pay was still on the board. Christian Darasol was still on the board. I I get I, I get why Gettleman was like, oh well, we can't have the wide receiver we want, so we'll look at the next best wide receiver and we'll draft them. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, I I do. It it really would have been nice. I you know, especially considering that you know, Holiday came in in the off season. It would have been nice to, yeah, pick up a, a Darisor or, you know, and but again, I I don't think there's that much upside to kind of quitty pay or. Pay. I think what what pay represents that Ojolari doesn't at the moment perhaps is a good scheme fit. That's what I would say, but mm. he 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 could well be one of the sort of later round steals. There's no, there's no argument to be had there. But the Tony pick was such a, a clangor for me in the first round that their their ceiling is solid. I think as well, like um, as you sort of mentioned, when the Eagles traded up, um, it felt like they did legitimately go, okay, we can't get our one wide receiver one this draft, and instead of looking at any position. And maybe maybe taking someone that was maybe slightly more likely to go in the second or third round, for example, but would have still offered them a, a surefire amount of quality at wide receiver. They were just like, all right, next guy on the board. We've got him down at like late first round. Let's trade back. And that's it. So yeah. it was, it was definitely like tunnel vision. It was the <clears throat> Jameis Winston complex. He knew exactly who he was going to go for. Yeah. And he just went for it regardless. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, if like obviously I have them in like my good tier, but if they'd have spent that first round pick after trading back on like Darasaur, that would have been like, you know, I think that addresses a far greater need. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, shall shall yeah, we move on to the good the good tier? Uh, yeah, I just. I do just want to quickly just touch upon Denver as well, just just while we're still in solid, because uh, did Sam also have them in? Uh, I, I had them in. Solid. Yeah, have them in good. Okay. Um, 
just to sort of touch upon them, I I know that you really like the secondary pieces that they picked up, Ed, but I just the idea of taking like Patrick Satan as a cornerback when quarterback was the pressing it is the need in Denver. You've got Drew Locke who is not good at all. Um and you've got Justin Fields on the board. And you've got Justin time. Field on the board. Everyone expects them to get, to take Justin Fields. And they go for another guy in the secondary, which is already pretty stacked, by the way. They've built a lot in this free agency, if I'm not mistaken, to make that secondary what it is. To then go out and spend your first round pick with the ninth overall on Patrick Satan, just it 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 felt so weird to see them not go quarterback when there was quarterbacks on the board. Even if they'd taken Mac Jones instead of Justin Fields, you've still got two guys there that could have gone and would have been an instant improvement on the team and a team that desperately needs it. I just think they're not all the way out on the Drew Lock experience. You know, they if they can get Aaron Rodgers, then this point will be moo. Yeah. But I I I don't like Drew Lock. He was cautious last year, but they they're within their rights to draft Satan there because that was about the value he had. So you're not gonna like citizens arrest? No, I'm not. I'm not gonna crucify Denver, <laughs> especially when you consider that their head coach is Vic Fangio. Yeah, like, like I'm not saying that it was a bad like. To be in solid is still that they've addressed a lot of need and they have improved in the positions that they drafted. But it's just they take a quarterback there in at, at the very least class, if not maybe shit hot. But um, I think I'm shifting them down to solid. I the reason that they are in this position for me is their pickup of my dra- biggest draft crush this year, Jamar Johnson, the safety out of Indiana. They they picked up in the fifth round. I had a late first round grade on this kid. That's all. (laughs) You like who you like. Someone get Rappaport on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Right, go on then. Should we... I tell you what, I will give my good grades out. Go on. Give us your class tier. The Jags, the 49ers, Jets, the Ravens, the Falcons... The Lions and the Dolphins. Okay. Um, I have in class Atlanta, Carolina, Detroit, Jacksonville, Miami, San Francisco, Minnesota, New England, and Washington. Those are all in my class tier. Mm, I think that all my... of them addressed positions superbly, but go. Uh, I had... Bills, Steelers, Patriots, 49ers, Giants, Jags, Chargers, Bucks, Lions, Falcons. That's fair. I mean, yeah. there's a couple of teams that I want to actively discuss in this. Number one being the Lions. How well did the Lions do? The, they did do incredibly well. And to be fair, getting Penasual when nobody expected him to fall to that Lions pick because they were banking on Miami or... Cincinnati taking him before to be able to be in that position and just being like, yeah, well, we need a no lineman. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Penice you off. I love the Onwizurike pick. I love the Melifonwu pick. I think they went off the boil 
in the sort of day three, but they've done all they've done all they need to do, and I think they have. In a, in a rare moment, I am gonna like tip my hat to Detroit. Like this might be the first signs of life for an extinct franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The lions. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then the other the other team I want to discuss in this bracket is the 49ers, who Trey Lance represents a significant risk, but he is a great scheme fit. Mm-hmm. Not lost since he was in high school, but then. The, the guy that they drafted next, I want to make sure I get his name right, because I always say it's the wrong one. Aaron Banks, the guard out of Notre Dame. This kid is the real deal. <laughs> like, I I cannot I cannot overstate how much I like Aaron Banks. And for the 49ers to pick him up, I just think that is the perfect acquisition. Mm. Um, It's interesting that we've both got Jacksonville in, in, in class, Ed. Is your reasoning for them not being shit hot because they took Travis Etienne when they had James Robinson, who had been absolutely flying? Because that was my yeah. sort of decision. That was, if they'd taken, yeah, that was why I've got them in good. If they had someone in, um, so literally anyone else, and trusted James Robinson, then I'd be like, "Yep, sound." But to use the second first rounder on another running back, like. Don't get me yeah. wrong, Travis Etienne is going to be good for this team. But yeah. I, I can't help but feel bad for James Robinson, man. He, undrafted free agent, rookie, like, offensive rookie of the year candidate for me. Like, phenomenal player on an awful team with no line And then they're just replacing him after a year, and it's just like, what? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, like... <laughs> Etienne and Robinson, they do they perform different jobs. So like they may as well be different positions in terms of like what their skill set is. Mm-hmm. But there were uh, there were far far more glaring issues for Jacksonville than a receiving back. Yeah, oh hundred percent. Like that's that's what gets it because I mean in terms of like that's probably his value a late first rounder, but in in terms of need, the need is not there. Like get some, get a better tackle. Yeah, get get a better like defensive tackle. Just positions up and down the board that needed more attention for me. Mm-hmm. But even that's if a... you wanted to, even if you wanted like a an offensive weapon, like a, a wide receiver, a tight end, like it was a, it was such a weirdly like low luxury pick. Yeah. <laughs> for a team that does not have any business yeah. drafting for luxury. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I still thought they were. But... Um, anyone else from the class tier that we, that anyone wants to talk about or are we moving right on to the big hitters? Um, not really. Okay, Sam, give us your shit hearts, since we're looking My at a projection hearts. of about fifteen teams here. I'll I'll give you the the one that you'll probably protest the most at first. Okay. Um, and I'd just like to say that Hannah did not make me do this. It's the Ravens. 
I don't think the Ravens have ever really drafted badly, but I just don't no. think that they were I mean, spectacular. I really, I really, I really like Rashad Bateman. I really liked. I, I'm gonna butcher this. Dafe Owe. That's fine. Owe? Yeah, yeah. I liked um, Owe. And also, um, they picked up, I think, a guard called Ben Cleveland. Ben Cleveland is an absolute mauler. He is a yeah. beast. Um, with a name that I find very amusing. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of disappointed that the Browns didn't kind of snaffle up that chestnut. Uh, there are two O-linemen with the surname Cleveland in the NFL, and neither of them play for Cleveland. They all, there's also one. Uh, there's a couple called Brown as well, and neither of them play for the Browns. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so Ravens. The re- can I just can I just point out the reason that I don't think the Ravens are quite in this top tier is because they got rid of Orlando Brown. Yeah, that's, that's I, what I, I'm thinking. I thought about that, but I I didn't think I thought including that would not be a kind of. Uh, an assessment of their draft per se. Well, they traded a draft pick. They traded him for a draft pick. So I, I still thought it. Would I can understand be. why you didn't. Yeah, it's. I was looking. I was in my a very limited evaluation. I was just trying to look at how they used the picks they had and not the circumstances that they got them in. Like everything from day one forward. Um, but yeah, so Ravens, Vikings, as much as it makes me curl into a ball and die like a millipede. Uh, Bears, Dolphins, Jets, Browns. Okay. Mine's a, mine's a shorter list than that. My shit hearts only include four teams, and that is Chicago, Cleveland, Indianapolis, and LA Chargers. I, I, mine is four teams as well, and mine is the Bears, the Browns, the Chargers, and a little bit of Homerism with the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you would you like to kind of round out? Obviously, we all have the Vikings up here, but I, how you felt about their draft? Oh, did Tom not? I have them in class. But my uh, my one a... my one negative point is that I really wanted to see the tight end punter hybrid take some punts, and then they picked <laughs> up a punter as an, an UDFA, and it just made the pick completely <laughs> irrelevant again. Now well, he just... is he is still a decent tight end. I know, I but the entire purpose of why I cared was that he was also <laughs> a punter, and now he's not. He's just yeah. I thought the the, the Vikings draft from top to bottom was about maximizing value trading back and getting dinosaur mm-hmm. wonderful the Wyatt davis pick literally out of the park um the mond pick as much as contentious as it is considering we do have a franchise qb i think he sit him for a couple of years i think he's probably the starter i yeah there was nothing about this vikings draft to dislike yeah i i couldn't have given them a higher grade if i tried very nice and then i i would like to contest or at least did both of you guys have the the colts or was it just no i had the colts up here 
Okay. Can I ask why? I just, I really liked the idea of, like, because they, they're sort of letting Houston walk for cap purposes, and I think that Quitty Pay is essentially a, a like-for-like replacement. I don't think that the Colts are anywhere near, like, needing a phenomenal draft to be a Super Bowl contender. And yeah. this this is going to sort of be a contentious thing, but maybe... I believe a little bit more in Carson Wentz to turn his career around in Indianapolis with Frank Reich, the coach that actually made him work in the first place. And that team is already phenomenal enough. I think that they just replaced the bits that didn't work or that they weren't going to be able to keep forward going, uh, well, keep going forward. And I think that the Colts are my pick for a Super Bowl winning team this year. With Carson Wentz. <laughs> a Super Bowl winning team. Yeah. So you look at all the teams in the AFC. You look at the Chiefs. You look at the Ravens. You look I don't want the I don't, Browns. No, right. I'm not throwing you look at them. There are no. Gas in your home. No. Hear me out. You can. You can. You <laughs> I can, refuse. You can. You can talk <laughs> it about. Does not warrant it. The first two teams that you've listed there, the Chiefs and the Ravens. The Chiefs. Uh, trying to sort of play like hero ball now at this point because they won the Super Bowl two years ago. They were in the Super Bowl this year and did terribly. I, You're I talking about a team that I, literally I, has missed a hero ball in it. Yes, <laughs> but the the problem is is that I don't think that he. I think that they rework it. I think that they reevaluate the the scheme. And I think that with like Jonathan Taylor in in the backfield, they go to a slightly more run heavy offense. I, I legitimately, I think that the Colts are a far better rounded team than anyone else in the uh, in the AFC right now. I'm gonna clip a little like I believe in Carson Wentz snippet from you there, <laughs> and I will I will drown you with it. You can do it. You like if you want to do it in week one, but let me tell you when when week eighteen is finished and the Colts are in in the divisional round right off the bat with the best record in the AFC. Uh, look. Let's just I let Max, let's just I let it Max all play through. Let it all play through. And you've listed the Ravens as your second like other team. The Ravens on on a fully functional team right now. I mean, Lamar I just, Jackson's I passing ability is atrocious. I don't get the call. You were just extolling the virtues of Carson Wentz. And I just, I don't, yeah. It, it, I literally, off the top of my head, teams that I think are better than the AFC right now the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Ravens. What, you, the think, Chargers, two, you think that the Dolphins were to a tongue of Ireland? I don't know. I'm thinking that the Colts are going to are gonna win the Super Bowl. That's my pick. <laughs> Not to mention, every single. Day two and three player for the Colts was overdrafted. I mean, they picked up Sam Ellinger in the sixth round. Um, Need I say more? Ah, to sit behind Carson Wentz. Now we do. We have a certain someone who's going to take the chair for me to oh, discuss do her that. draft. Don't do that. Has finally don't, don't intro me like some sort of special guest. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> Emery, it has been a long time. I know. You but... are sort of a little bit of a special guest at this point. <laughs> Ladies Despite and being Emma the Hebron. producer. Yeah. Welcome back. I think, I I mean, but special guest just, it really 
adds a lot of pressure to me. I'd rather just be like random person that's <laughs> unexpectedly here. Like the, the tone of his voice was very like, ah, now. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I look at your grades here, Ed. I take it one is bad. Yes. Okay. You're here just, to talk about the best. I, I know, but I was just checking. I was just seeing that you'd given the Texans a one, and I just wanted to make sure that wasn't, <laughs> like, number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how how, guys doing? how great. He's got yeah. a haircut. Sam has a haircut. I don't. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look like a lion. Thank you. I'm actually, In a great way. I'm getting it cut next Saturday. Not full on, like, chopped oh. off, but I'm getting it, like, trimmed. Oh. I think that's for the best. Yeah. But, yeah. How, <laughs> Casual how, savage. How are you doing? I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. Not too bad. It's been a tumultuous couple weeks, to be honest, but I feel like we're getting a bit steady now. Coming out through the yeah. other side. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Coming out through the other side. Nice. Is this how Discord, does... then? It is. Yeah. It is, in fact, Discord. We managed to get it working, and it only oh. took like a hundred and ten pounds of my my actual real life money of Zoom payments. Oh my god! It took a hundred and ten pounds. Yeah, I thought you were to make a login to Discord. Yeah, that was literally <laughs> it. The only reason why it took us so long is because Ed was just trying to be a technophobe. Oh, I thought you were going to say like a hundred and ten pounds, like of your blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> no. If I'd lost £110 of my blood, sweat, and tears, then I would not be on a diet right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not anyway, but... No. <laughs> don't, don't bother with that shit. Yeah. It's like going yeah. in Who gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. Emma, how does it feel now that you think about the Chicago Bears, like, not oh. wanting to throw yourself from a tall building? It's, um... I don't. I don't even know how to feel because it's like it's like a it's like I don't an abused trust it. dog, I, like seeing love for the first time. Yeah. Um. Like I, I had like a a real time of despair post season when we signed Andy Dalton. <laughs> I genuinely just thought, like, do we hate ourselves? Like, what's <laughs> what's happening right now? <laughs> um, and then uh, Ed asked me like pre like the night before the draft, what do you want them to do? And I was like, well, I want us to get a good quarterback, but I'm not. I'm worried that we're not going to do it. I'm worried that we're just going to be like, we've got Andy Dalton and Nick. Fine, <laughs> fine, that works. Um, and then I went to bed and I woke up the next day to a whole new world, and it's <laughs> it's beautiful. A world of actual exciting football for a change. I know, it's, it's... like. I'm so looking forward to not like to oh. not being annoyed by we... the bears week in week out. Oh, man, like we've so we, this is like the third year of this podcast and every year that we've recorded it has been it's been hard guys. It's been <laughs> despair. Yeah. It's there's been like the odd bright spot but then there's also like weeks where we get nine offensive yards and I have to sit here and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Was it uh, was it a game against the Vikings where it was literally like 
the entire second quarter was negative two like net yards and it was like yeah i think legitimately like the prospect of maybe having some excitement to talk about when when mentioning the bears is exciting for me as the personal like i almost don't trust it to be honest like a part of me is like oh i feel like we did very well and i'm very happy but that must be wrong like like them i must be missing something here yeah but um yeah i was very happy plus like have you seen photos of mr jenkins uh i haven't seen i have not seen tevin jenkins in any capacity ed showed me a photo of him he he looks like such a nerd He's got like little tiny like rectangular glasses. Has he got like the goggle kind that obviously No, no, being... just like like glasses like oh. like mine, but like just like little nerdy rectangles. Oh, phenomenal. It's like a mountain with a library card. <laughs> yeah, it's so sweet. It made me love him so much. Well, I'm I'm delighted that you feel happy about delighted. Yeah about the prospect yeah. of not watching Andy Dalton or Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky potentially oh. ever again. <laughs> I'm so... I'll never have to like think of an upside to Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, we no longer have to judge the Bears based off of, well, they were slightly better than negative two net yards in a quarter. We can now judge them <laughs> as a football team. Yeah. And I, it Mitchell feels Trubisky's nice. like, best characteristic is that he's like quite attractive. That's it. That's what he brought yeah. to the table for me week in, week out. Where I was like, you're quite an attractive quarterback. Hey, you're you talking about the, the very first and one and only Nickelodeon MVP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Have a bit of, I think... him a bit of respect, guys. Like... <laughs> yeah, I think Tom was a bit quick to discount how handsome Mr. Trubisky is. He is very it handsome. Is in a, it's in a kind of everyman... Gilmore Girls kind of way. Do you know he reminds but... me of? Uh... I mean, you're describing my exact vibe. You've seen, so you've seen <laughs> New Girl, right? Yeah, yeah. he is a bit Nick Miller. Yeah, he's very Nick Miller, which is funny because Nick Miller is a Bears fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, another reason why like Nick Miller is like the, best. If the well, yeah, yeah, like if the charisma was surgically removed from Nick Miller, <laughs> <laughs> or if Nick Miller couldn't throw a football. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, it's so good, honestly. Like, so one of my, um, my godmother uh, is a terrible driver because she can't turn left. So she will just turn right three times whenever she needs to turn Why left. Why can't she turn? Is she okay? She just can't do it. She just Has can't. Anyone... It's something about like the fact that if she's on this side of the car, the right side of the car, the the window is right there. Whereas if she's turning left, it's further away and she, she thinks she's going to crash. Mir- Does she realise that mirrors will help with this? <laughs> Has she considered the kind of Mr. Bean solution? <laughs> what would a Mr. Bean <laughs> solution? Where, where she's on top of the car using oh a broom God. to do everything. <laughs> or like I'll a pulley system. Forward. Yeah, yeah an intricate that. system of pulleys and levers. Mm. Loretta, if you're listening... You need an intricate system of pulleys and levers. You need to sit on top of your vehicle. I'll 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 send you the the Mr. Bean DVD. <laughs> how I mean, how did, did you guys think we did? 
yeah, fantastic. But pretty much I, one of the best drafts in the well, in the entire thing. I think every position yeah, was, that was needed. I was concerned was that. Yeah, I was concerned that if a QB did fall, they would somehow manage to kind of piss it all up the wall again mm. and manage to not, you know. I mean, the. Which you're justified Broncos, in worrying. We have worried. Yeah. We have done that exact thing many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Broncos managed to not pick Justin Fields. It will forever and always be a. a a delicate gift to the city of Chicago. Yeah. Oh, and also, myself and all the New York Giants will accept your coming thanks via email or handwritten letter. <laughs> well, it's actually, it's funny because the Broncos passing on Justin Fields set all of the cogs in motion because the Eagles were only able to trade up above the Giants because the Cowboys wanted Patrick Satan. Who the who the Broncos took, so the uh, so the Cowboys traded back down two spots. The Giants then lost their guy and were willing to trade back, and then the Bears trade up. It's like it's a nice little intricate system where everything plays into each other. Intricate system of pulleys and leaves. And And right at the top of it is John Elway deciding that his secondary isn't good enough. (laughs) <laughs> Puppet master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that it was a, a phenomenal draft, and uh, I'm excited for the city of Chicago. I'm excited too. As I'm a... super excited to have a, a, a year where I like. I mean, it could all go horribly wrong, but I'm, I'm happy to be in a position preseason where I'm not already dreading it. Yeah. <laughs> That's really nice. And maybe, just Ooh. maybe, because the the Bears' passing offense was so dreary last year that every team was just expecting the run. Maybe we see mm. David Montgomery having, you know, some you impact know. that isn't like fifth in everyone else's we've, depth chart. We've got options, yeah. guys. Yeah. We don't have to just do the same thing over and over and over and over and over yeah. again. Who was who was the running back they picked up? I, I, I probably should know because it's Herbert. my team, but I don't know. Another Khalil. They saw someone called Khalil. And... <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to have one catch a game over like three years consecutively though? That's what I want to know. Can he Can he usurp Tariq Cohen as the greatest one catch receiving back oh in, the, in the NFL? Every time I think of Tariq Cohen, I think of that uh that that they posted yeah. on their Instagram um, to try and make us like like oh my god guys like really good he's caught one thing every game <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bar was low and they still the managed to mess so it all low. up yeah but <laughs> thankfully the city of Chicago might have mm. some you know sport rejoice yeah, yeah. We do, I feel like we deserve it, you know? We deserve a season where we're not in constant emotional distress. Yeah. Or is this just the eye of the hurricane and fields will flame out in spectacular fashion and then you'll be left without a first round pick next year? I think that the only problem is, is that, like, the, I don't think that he'll... <laughs> I don't think that he'll pull a Trubisky because... No, like. 
Trubisky came in as the most NFL-ready guy, but his ceiling wasn't exactly high. He was just more NFL-ready than Deshaun Watson yeah. and Patrick Mahomes, who then got on to be. NFL-ready in the way that a bicycle is road-ready. Yeah. <laughs> Not not by any means a first choice when you've got you know no. like not the first choice on the motorway, but it will it will eventually get you there. <laughs> yeah, it certainly will. No one can argue that it cannot go on a road. Like buying shares in TVR <laughs> in like nineteen ninety nine when Tesla were trying to start up and coming. Like obviously TVR <laughs> have flamed out and Tesla uh, taking off to the moon. Mm. So, yeah, I, I hope he won't crash and burn and leave us in a pit of despair but think positively the the, the mere chance that he will not do that is that's that's what i'm living for right now yeah Yeah, it's more than you've had in eons yes yes basically yes it's been a while since i feel like we've not been missing something vital i mean what did we do last draft get like nine tight ends that was it. Uh, yeah, nine tight ends and a running like... back, and that was yeah. <laughs> Edward's giving ends. me like a head gesture, telling me to leave. Yeah, yeah. They drafted <laughs> an entire non-tuplet tight end family, <laughs> Bob style. But they'd yeah. only play if they were all on the field, and it just they. It turns out they didn't really understand how the game of football was played. I don't know, Cole Komet understood but the rest of them maybe not that's one out of nine yeah <laughs> it's a... those are bad stats yeah no <laughs> really understand kind of thing yeah cole Komet, like they all understand one individual thing and cole Komet understands football but if you were to try and ask him like how to work out pythagoras theorem he'd have no chance probably not but i'm good like i like him I'm happy to have him there. I'm I'm most excited to see what happens when our defense isn't constantly uh, absolutely exhausted from having mm. to play Bleed. so many snaps and then having to also be responsible for digging us out of holes all the time. Yeah. Because so many times last year I was like, okay, we keep most teams to 20 or less. Mm-hmm. So we don't need just just fucking score. Like just score. <laughs> Two or three times. Well, let's just waste the Seriously. clock a little bit. Yeah. Um, My bar is so low for what you need to do, and yet you're still not okay. doing it. But yeah. Yeah. And, I'll pass uh, you back to staring at me with like. Uh, he's, he's concerned that you've usurped him. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> um, I just want to make sure I'm going to get my friends and my chair back. Yeah, which, <laughs> make no mistake, you have. <laughs> He's been usurped. <laughs> Don't pull a sad face. Poor Ed. Bye, guys. See you later, Emma. Later, big dog. <laughs> Hello hey, there. Friends. Um, yeah, do you agree with the sentiments from, from Emma there as a rival what, of the Bears? From what I heard of them, I totally agree. I mean, have you ever heard of the expression happy wife, happy life? Yes. Yeah, well, my my new one of this is happy fiance drafting the <laughs> draft a quarterback in the first round, eh? That's that's what you were doing the entire time that Emma was on that on this call, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that and like 
pointing out things in my house that need cleaning. Ah, <laughs> I love the game of pointing out things in the house that need cleaning, but not actually cleaning them yet. It's my favorite. It's my favorite game. So Sometimes... you both just like when you have a spare minute, just acknowledge the squalor in which you live and do nothing about it. It's yeah. not exactly squalor. It's just because something might need a bit of a dust, and I, I don't know where the duster is at this exact moment. If God, anyone under 30 dusts, then there's no hope left for them. I dust, but we do have a little robot that hoovers downstairs. I wish we had a robot. I I, I would very much like Specifically a, a hoovering robot, or some kind of multi-purpose unit? I mean, a multi-purpose unit would be phenomenal, but a, a hoovering robot will do me just fine. Have you considered a communications droid? <laughs> no. Have you considered a small camp man that you can control? <laughs> right. I think we should wrap this episode up now because it's approaching an hour and a half long. It's Yeah. yeah. Um, what I will say is we did forget one piece of news. Eric Dungy has signed... Well, he's not signed. He's been invited to practice with Get the Cincinnati there, you magnificent bastard. Now, Eric, we can put it all behind us if you apologise or you give us a little shout-out on Twitter or you follow us or anything. If you just acknowledge that we exist, then we can put it behind us. The, you know, tickets to a Bengals game in 2022. The, it's, it's all worn the bridge. Well, the, he, he, Eric will he have has, to buy them from his own pocket. I don't think has, we're going. He has some uh, some some making up to do, considering that we we requested his services via cameo, and he fobbed us off. So. Exactly. He should be so lucky. Exactly. So from the bottom, we of do. Our hearts, we do still love you, Eric. We do still love you, Eric, but. If you if you don't at least like book your ideas up, then you can, can kiss this one way relationship goodbye. From my perspective. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, fellas. Uh, it has been an absolute blast as always. Yep, I feel like we've accomplished a lot and yeah. very little at the same time, yeah. which means it was I'm a good episode. We, yeah, I'm glad we can finish this now, so I can spend time kind of really delving into the backstory of this nine tight end family. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a D&D campaign to be written somewhere. Yeah. Catch us on all the platforms you might normally catch people. Yep. Which you can which you can do over on Twitter, which is at StiffLipPod. You can also follow us, each of us, uh, respectively. Yeah. We've got Ed, uh, NFL underscore Wilkins, which is Ed. You've got uh, Sam but Online, which is Sam, obviously. And then we've got T underscore Chappers 1997 as well. You can also check us out uh, on Instagram. Dear Fairer as well. Dear Fairer as well, who obviously joined us. I think Emma has a Twitter, which I believe is yeah. just Emma Hebron. Yeah, yeah, no one else has named that in the whole, on the globe. Yeah. I was going to try and jump in and give the handles because I wanted to say that Ed was on Twitter at Holding and Proud. But then I couldn't think of something kind of equally mean for Tom, so I thought I'd leave it. Well, that's been kind of made redundant <laughs> by me telling you. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I certainly appreciate the jibe. I'll say only <laughs> nice things about you. Mm.